Welcome to South London Hardcore. I'm Jack McInroy, joined by Steve Walsh as always. Hello. Today's guests, uh, small press publishers Avery Hill, Ricky Miller. Mm-hmm, that's me. Just so people can get used to your voices, yeah. isn't it? We're professionals, we know that. <laughs> Dave, <laughs> David White or Dave White? I just want people to address well, you. We'll keep it David at this stage. Your public. Yeah, 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 David, David will do. And Michael Gosden. Hello. I run a monthly comics workshop and discussion night at Gosh called Process and last week the guys from Avery Hill came down with Tim Bird and Owen Pomery and we talked about uh, Avery Hill Publishing as an ongoing concern how it started what you've done and what you plan to do we talked about the work you've done with Tim and Owen specifically and the relationship between you and the creators and as part of what I do for Process uh, people who can't make it tonight or live in other countries uh, get in touch and go, uh, can you Skype it? Can you film it? Can you record it? I'm like, no, because none of these are practical things. How are you going to Skype it? You're going to have a laptop and just sort of have it in a corner. Can you do a world tour of process? <laughs> <laughs> when are you coming to Belgium? Put it on the road. It could be a, call it the procession, and then you could go travelling with it. That's pretty good. That was pretty good. <laughs> that was off the cuff as well. Nice. Realistically, that's not going to happen. But... <laughs> <laughs> I have been, since I like doing it, trying to find ways to sort of make it accessible to people, just so people can have an idea of what we're talking about and the things that are being discussed and the things that come up across the discussion. So I write a report for Broken Frontier. And what I'd like to do with last week's pro, uh, process, the report I'm going over and this episode, is to tie it all together. So my plan is, and maybe some of the people that are listening now, have gone to Broken Frontier to read the process report, seen the link to this show, and listening in now. Sup, guys? You can listen to this episode, look at the report I've done, it will have links to all the books that the guys have done and other things that we talk about, uh, and it will become a sort of immersive multimedia experience. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm off work tomorrow when this is all going to be being put together. I mean, Julia said to me earlier, what are you up to when you're up? And I was like, I'm just reinventing the internet. That's what I'm doing. You turn it into a whole new thing. You think putting hyperlinks and mentioning some of the podcast is reinventing the internet? Very much so. (laughs) This is is about as high as my tech goes. So if you go to sapphandhardcore.com, there'll be the same stuff. Yeah. I'll put a link to the process report, but of course we'll go into more detail about the publications that you've put together. If you want to buy any of these books, which you will, I mean, we'll be talking stuff up as it goes along, averyhillpublishing.com. They're not on because the books are rubbish. That would be ridiculous. Wouldn't it? Imagine getting people on your show and going, we're not fans. We don't like what they're doing, but we feel we should mention it. Of course it's good. Uh, you, you guys are on Twitter as well. Yeah, in, in a variety of forms. We've got, um, yeah, the main ones, uh, Avery Hill Pub L. Pub. 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 Because that's as close as we could get. Yeah, we you Did you like, just try and type it and you just cut off at that point? Yeah, you got and you saw that as a yeah, Well, then we thought Avery Hill Pub, well. people might think it's a pub. So that's my one. And then. Uh, yeah, I'm on as, as at Tiny Dancing. We will reveal what Tiny Dancing is later, won't we? Apparently, mine is Michael Gosden. At Michael Gosden. At Michael. Yeah. Yeah, that. At Michael Gosden, <laughs> just keeping it. <laughs> Ours is at SLHC, Steve's at Vince Wales, I'm at Yids and at Jack McInroy. Process is at Process Comics. We met. Ricky and Dave, it back in, is it episode 47, Steve? Something like that. Yeah, I think it is, yeah. When we went to the South East London Zine Fest, they were selling uh, zines, and it was kind of, you can go back and listen to them on there, but we kind of allude to the fact that everyone else was kind of stapling outside their art together, while you guys were kind of, <laughs> you turned up with your proper stuff. <laughs> probably, I bet you got a few looks that day. A little uh, bit. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. that was more to do with the drinking and the, the yeah stuff. Like yeah, that. yeah, yeah. No, it was um, yeah, there was some good you know, guys that doing some, certainly kind of long arm stapler stuff, which is which is really nice and, and kind of made some nice guys. It's a really good show. I it think. was a great. Considering show. it was, uh, you know, it's it's limited in terms of it's a pub. It's not a you know, a venue like something like yeah, but it's the amateur arms, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. no, absolutely. Prepared absolutely. for yeah, yeah. I mean, in, in Newcross, you've got uh, certainly for, for, our, for our kind of stuff, <clears throat> you've obviously got quite a strong student population there, based around goldsmiths and so on. Also, um, it's organised by a couple of people to do with uh, the alternative press festival. So yeah. it's, these people had experience of putting shows together. So I'm, I'm oh, doing yeah. it down a little bit, sort of going all these like, as if it was a miracle that it was any good. But no, it was. Uh, no, I see. I mean, they're really good at promoting their yeah. promoting their shows and. Um, yeah, I mean, it went really well. And, and you were busy, Michael, were you? Yeah, I was busy doing... What was I busy doing? You were in the pub. You were in, you were I was yeah. uh, controlling things centrally. Yeah. Well, from a, yeah, the is reason, that why you were in earpieces, actually? Yeah, that, yeah. that was it. We were all under his control. And, um, yeah, I think that... Because he tweeted you guys to say, you should go down to this and talk to Avery Hill Publishing. They were like South London people. And uh, he was like... He directed you to us. You obviously did you know mastermind. So I have no recollection this week. <laughs> well, see, that's how it works. <laughs> Terrifying, isn't it? And your role is marketing and marketing, hypnotism, <laughs> social media, yeah. guru. But yeah, no, it was a really good show. Um, we'd done one the day before, haven't we? As well, yeah, we'd done Comicette the day before. That's right. Yeah, um, which which was so totally different. In, did in, I do that one? Yeah, you can. Yeah, do you that. can. That's that one. Yeah. Yeah, you don't get two days in a row. <laughs> you, don't, you, don't get, you don't get Michael's whole weekend. Um, yeah, and you can get two different shows. The comic obviously very professionally run. Yeah. Yeah. Um, lots of big creators there, big names. You know, the drawing, live drawing, bigger um, venue thing. as well. Yeah, absolutely. And then, then the next day was 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 uh, the Zine Fair. Um, and which did you do better overall? It was about the same. You know? Really? Yeah. I think it was yeah, about the same, but obviously wasn't it? much lower overheads. So yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and also uh, it means proportionately you're doing much better than Amish Arms. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Comic Eight, oh, massively, much more footfall. Yeah, yeah. and a retail town. And we, we got we got some write that down. <laughs> <laughs> what was the conversion? Yeah, what was your conversion rate? Uh, <laughs> yeah, did you greet everyone that came in? That's important. Absolutely, at, on the front door. <laughs> uh, yeah, we, we spent a long time that. going to those things where we wouldn't look people in the eye and we'd kind of sit down and hope they'd go away and not try and buy things from us. And then <laughs> we got to a point. It's a limited we, press run, isn't it? I'm yeah, like, come on, guys. Exactly. <laughs> Do you really want this? <laughs> the last one, I can't give a chance. None. <laughs> but the, the, we managed to hone our skills by doing they, at the Miller uh, in um, Borough. in Borough. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they used to have this. Um, what was it called? It was kind of like, uh, it was Wonder Hill. The Wonder, Wonder Hill, Hill yeah, things where it was kind of very vintage stuff and handmade stuff. And we used to go to that, <clears throat> get quite drunk, and then start engaging people. And then we we're like, oh, when you talk to people, they feel obliged to buy things from you. <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah, we we started to uh, take those skills in. Stand up, never sit down. Look people in the eye when they come over. Start talking to them about whatever they're looking at. Not too much though, because obviously yeah, yeah. that's annoying. Yeah, and then you end up walking away. From, I was looking at that stuff. I quite my ball yeah. We kept talking to me. Exactly, them. I hate that as well. And then, but the, the thing is, we've got quite a few things that are good talking points that people get into, like Close Up Master Chef and the Tony Hadley Chronicles. So even, and they're quite cheap. So people just feel like if they feel obliged by something, they just spend a pound on something and then move on, and everyone's happy. So uh, yeah, they're, they're quite good talking points. Well, from well. that particular show. Uh, it was your stuff and uh, Henry Miller's in particular that sort of mm. stuck yeah. with me afterwards where it was you say things like Close Up Chef. it's just a, a brilliant idea it's, it's a one a one line pitch where you go are you either into this or you're not 
And so Henry yeah. Miller is sort of like, uh, I'm looking. This it's a comic where I look at the world through John Craven's eyes, and you're like, yeah, that's great. <laughs> or, or otherwise, people sort of go, that's that's ridiculous. I'm going to walk away now. You've just taken close up pictures of Marshall. I'm going to walk yeah, away. Yeah, it's hit or miss. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Or you're not. And yeah, that did quite well actually. Close up Marshall. Yeah, it, goes, it tends to go down. We we did a, a zine fair in Sheffield as well earlier in the year. And uh, yeah, they had a huge run on, on close-up Master Chef there. So it's, 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 re- it's either by location or mood or something. It's either <laughs> we sell none or, or just or capture the zeitgeist, don't you? Doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's, like a, yeah, it's like a barometer. Sounds like some marketing. Is Henry Miller the bloke that I knew his friend? Yes. Yeah, we met Henry at Comic the day before, and we were like. We're doing this tomorrow because we were just chatting, and he's a really good guy. He's lovely, right? Yeah, yeah. South um, London as well, isn't he? Yeah, he's yeah, quite local. Yeah. Um, and we said we're doing we're doing this thing in New Cross tomorrow. Um, it's you know it's not going to be like this. You've no. got to book in months in advance, pop down, and Jimmy kind of sorted him out of the table, um, and and yeah, so he came along and, and did really well. So, it's that sort of place, isn't it, where they'll just sort of go, "Would you put another table here in the corner?" Yeah, absolutely. We put you spot. in there, or you know, sit yourself up, find yourself a corner. It's, it's really good stuff. Yeah, plus, because it's New Cross, half the people who are trying to sell stuff die on the way in some kind of terrible violence. So there's always spare tables going. If you, you can always rock up with these <laughs> yeah. things. You've got a 50-50 chance. I, I'd like to point out, I lived in New Cross for four years. <laughs> mm. and, uh, I did. No violence. Minimal, minimal anyway. physically harmed. We've been to the <laughs> venue, we've seen violence <laughs> in New Cross. The venues are very special. <laughs> Steve's yeah. parents met at the venue. Did they? Really? Yeah. When, wow. it was the, when it was the Harp Club, yeah, an yeah. Irish dance club, before yeah. it was the venue. Oh, you know, the it was way back in the 40s. I do. That's yeah. where my dad proposed my mum, because he's an incurable romantic. Wow. And nothing says uh, romance and love like the early hours of in the cab office. The, the, the <laughs> was there a fat George Michael impersonator? <laughs> <there a tour? laughs> no. He had, he had the ring the whole night. Just in case. <laughs> and he it wasn't the same out. night. Two separate nights. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going down the hard club. I better take the ring just in case. <laughs> but interestingly, well, it might be interesting. We'll find out. Um, one of our first nights out, proper nights out as, as a group, because we all went to school with each other, um, beyond kind of local pubs, that you could get into with kind of fake NUS ID was to go to was to go to the venue, uh, and we got on on the bus. And we were like, are we going to get in? Are we going to get? In? As it turns, it turns out, you know, they'll just let anyone in as long as you pay the entrance. <laughs> and uh, doing a PA that night was shampoo. <gasps> nice. Um, oh, right. the, they're the, from round there, aren't they? From Plumstead. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Plumstead. right. From your way then. Yeah, well, absolutely. kinda. Um, and yeah, did, we, they, did they do trouble? Yeah, they, they did. Did the place go mad? They, 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 yeah. they got halfway through. We're doing the B-sides. <laughs> yeah, no, they're really in-depth kind of. It's really, going to be more challenges. Yeah. <laughs> just like doing our new stuff. Yeah, like, yeah, no, don't ask for the hits. We're not going to do it. Um, and they got halfway. Yeah, they did get halfway through trouble, and this guy jumped on stage, and they dropped their microphones. The track just carried on because they were obviously miming. They ran off. Illusion shattered. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> was I think he tried to grab one of their sunglasses. I think he tried know. to get it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It, was, it was playful. It was, yeah, it was, uh, <laughs> it was fun. It was a cross. It was, yeah. And, uh, yeah. What could have happened? And we never looked back. I think we went there every Saturday for, for, for a number of years. Oh, yeah. I used to work with one of their mums. can't remember her name. She was quite nice. That's My favourite uh, live music experience at the venue was uh, seeing Sultans of Ping FC. <laughs> and this was after the glory. Did days. you do the thing with the... Wasn't it then that you had to lie on the floor and put your legs in the air? I wasn't doing that. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't thinking not, not on that But floor. they were... Uh, <laughs> no, I was hoping they were a Dire Straits uh, rip-off band. Were they not? No, that would work. No. Oh, no, uh, no. Yeah. Souls of BMC were uh, a legitimate band. They oh, had... Okay. Jumper. Where's the, well, I was going to say, uh, one, novelty, one yes. novelty hit single. Yeah. Um, and because they had one novelty hit single, 
they seem to think they were great. So they were just really <laughs> arrogant. And that doesn't work. Yeah, well, how many you're... novel hit singles have you had? <laughs> but it, they were so bad. Like, the guitarist uh, kept just, like, sneering at people. He was like, like he was uh, Keith Richards or something. You're like, <laughs> you're, you're sort of but, And at the end of the gig, he, like, uh, took his guitar off his shoulder and uh, sort of, like, uh, passed it over the crowd like, like, like held, it, held it over the crowd and he was like touch the guitar touch the guitar <laughs> and then someone lit the guitar and he was like on stage he's literally crying <laughs> and he's going you got to stop him he's like shouting security and security's like yeah we'll go in a minute they were in no rush to get it back because he'd been uh, obnoxious all night uh, it's great I mean not musically terrible uh, very annoying but what a highlight what, what yeah, a don't, don't, don't mess don't mess in the venue <laughs> but we, no we saw some we saw some classic yeah. tribute acts well, the thing is, when we, yeah, when you we know, first... Oasis played the venue, didn't you? Well, yeah, we, 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 we saw Shed Seven and the Blue Tones in one and set. Yeah. Yeah. We yeah. caught it just at the end mm-hmm. of yeah. It was they before before they yeah. yeah they they there was a little wave just before that where it was like early Britpop bands before they yeah were, uh, on, yeah, on a Friday it was it was there yeah well. everyone played yeah. there yeah. it was it was quite it was quite popular I saw a, a, a poster for Oasis and I said oh, I have a terrible name for a band they must be rubbish <laughs> and of course now <laughs> and they you are. were right <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know I cut to eighteen months after that and I'm like oh, I could have seen Oasis yeah I'll go to Nibworth now yeah miles away. No, we, we just caught the back end of that. We were just just a bit too slow. We were too scared to leave. Uh, to leave. Yeah, the but then we get to see amazing Queen tribute bands and things like that, with people standing on tables cheering. That was us. We stood on the table. <laughs> mm-hmm. cheering. That, 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 that was the thing. Like uh, the venue got mocked uh, for getting tribute bands in, but the response to the tribute it's bands more was more entertaining than a bad brilliant. band. It is it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It, you can't it, go wrong. Yeah, it, Sultans of BFC, you're waiting for them to wear a jumper, and then it comes on and you go, oh, it was really good, was it? Yeah. <laughs> this wasn't a great song at any point. But so I mean, it rhapsody it. coming on, then you're into that song, yeah. Kelson Time. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the, 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 I mean you mocked uh, the fact George Michael died, but he is yeah. fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> From Every bank holiday Monday. Yeah, and he is the fattest George Michael. You can't, you can't move in there, and the walls are sweating, and it's, yeah, What's his name? What's he go by? Poor Michael. Nah. <laughs> okay, well, you can have that if you listen. I think, I think it is as simple as a tribute to George Michael. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah. I, I think he's, he's so unimaginative. He's not even come up with a name. It's just the quality he sees him through. I, I, I think he's still doing it. Whenever you go past him on the bus, it's my bang, every bank holiday money, bang. A tribute to George Michael. <laughs> yeah, he's never going to stop the same being. To swing yeah. along. No, and if you, they get him in, and it's like about twenty quid to get in there nowadays. So you called Avery Hill Publishing, and that's a tribute to the place that you. Grew up in and met. Yeah, it, it, it's not far off. We we um we all met uh, when we started secondary school. Whereabouts we, did you go? Which was actually it's Bexley Grammar School, which is obviously just over the the, the border into into the. Well, well, like well, 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 what, what, where is it? Yeah, it's well, in, absolutely. Can we get a sound effect where there's like a needle cutting across <laughs> a record? It's South we just London. Cut. Yeah, so we well, were raises with you guys because it's South East <laughs> London. It's in the London Borough of Bexley. Does that yeah, count? Where's blur where's now, it? Isn't we've always we've stop? always said postcode, but I mean we'll, yeah, we're going to have to make exceptions. <laughs> we're going to do Q in with, so we're going to we're going to have to make exceptions. Yeah, but as long as you understand, you're in a sufferance. Yeah, no one wants you. You don't deserve to be. Here. <laughs> I'm just going to whip through this bit. Uh, yeah, so so we all went there. Um, but where were you living at the time? I, I was living in Plumstead. Right, Michael. Sick up. Welling. Okay, but, but you're just you're pretty much on the border. Yeah, border of Wellington Plumstead. If, if you go down Ricky's Road, and, well, where Ricky and turn the corner. Don't say, don't give out the address. <laughs> you're, you're, you're in SC18, but you know, so, so it wasn't right. far at all. Um, and yeah, when when we got to an age where 
and, and you'd never met before secondary school. No, no, no. We all no. came from separate. Although we did, schools. we went to separate primary schools. But you did your eleven plus in my primary school, didn't you? Yeah, yeah I, I did because I was at school in. I went to a, a primary school called Timbercroft, which is which is in Plumstead, and because that was um, the a special Ridge, school. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they weren't allowed pens. It was challenging, <laughs> but you know, I, I, I just did particularly well in that environment. And um, <laughs> yeah, to do the eleven plus, I had to go out borough because they didn't do it in Greenwich. There were no no grammar schools in in Greenwich. I was only Bexley, so I actually ended up doing it at, at Ricky's school, unbeknownst to, you know, I just yeah, turned up at yeah. the age of 11, absolutely terrified. Um, so, yeah, and we, we kind of into the same things, into the same music, into the same comics, into, into football and so on. Um, so you were all in the same form group, or...? Those who were, yeah, we, we I was were. in a different form, but they used to link up, like two of the groups would link up, so there were four. And It's not a big school anymore. No, 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 there no, was only about what, 600 people there. Yeah. Like so for things like PE and things, yeah, like just put the groups together. And yeah, just 120 in each year. Yeah, it, so. it weren't far off that. Okay. So, so yeah, I mean, we, we all got to know each other. And when um, our friend Sage managed to get his cousin who went to Eriff College, in, they nicked a load of NUS cards. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we got some fake ID so we could go to pubs. Um, At 11? This is, uh, <laughs> <laughs> this, was, this was our second day at school. Um, we were like the Drew Barrymore. Yeah, it, it was lunchtime, what else are you going to do? Yeah, yeah to take a wander down to Black Fen. So well, you, you quickly work out the pubs that are all right with fake ID and the, and the ones that aren't. And, and one of the ones that was okay was a pub called the Jolly Feminine Black Fen, which is, again, just on kind of the border with, with Elton. So we go to the Jolly Feminine, we'd have a drink, um, it was 11, 11 o'clock chucking out times. It was like obviously way before extended drinking hours. Um, and because we were young and full of vim and vigour, uh, we used to go just down the road and go into Avery Hill Park um, and, carry on, and carry on drinking there pretty much. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we would climb over the Avery Hill Road sign. And, uh, oh, which is now. the logo. The logo yeah. Which is the logo. Yeah, yeah. yeah there, there is a photo of me doing it. Uh, and the thing that happens after the photo is the bottom of my jeans gets caught in the top spike and I just stack it and rip my jeans. Uh, unfortunately, that's not a photo of that. So. No, but I, I can give that you, could I can be give you the photo. the logo for like yeah. an imprint or something. Gift the logo. Someone <laughs> <laughs> got the crude animation. Or maybe yeah, when yeah. the company well, folds. Yeah, when we got in receivership. <laughs> yeah. So, so uh, when you say football music, was it? did you all support the same football team? No. Uh, uh, Michael and I do. We're, we're both Millwall supporters, but... Um, you're, you're far I'm a Sheffield it? Wednesday supporter. Explain that again. Uh, Chris Waddle was That's playing. A good reason. Just the love. He, of Chris he scored this mm-hmm. free kick against Sheffield United in the league FA Cup semi final, and uh, then he destroyed Blackburn in the League Cup semi final. That's and never then, a I, reason to support a team. Well, before that, it was a good free kick. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> but before that, I was supporting Liverpool just because when I grew up, you even supported Tottenham yeah, or Liverpool. Yeah, yeah. And I end up supporting Liverpool. And then Wait, there were more options than that. <laughs> I'm not letting that no, go. No, no, not in my school. There were, uh, but we didn't know about other clubs. Um, so unless them two were playing with each other, we thought football wasn't actually happening. And um, then, uh, yeah, then Sunets took over and they were rubbish. So I stopped supporting them and uh, floated around. Didn't have Started a team. supporting Galatasaray, not knowing what was to come. <laughs> so Chris Waddle can tell oh, them again. <laughs> And, and you went to Sheffield University off the back of that, didn't you? Yeah, well, I decided to, to, to pick... To see your team? Well, when I decided to select my universities by Premier League team, so I put Sheffield at the top, then Manchester... How long ago did you go to university? Um, <laughs> it's not only my final. Well, yeah, that's, uh, well, that season we got to two cup finals and finished third. Yeah, you got to go to not you? Yeah, and then, so that was 95 when I chose my uni, so... Oh. Yeah. 
And then, the yeah, and then I ended up, but it was good because I, I mean, Sheffield was really good for politics, which I studied anyway. So I got lucky. It was fine. Sheffield's a good uni, generally. It's a really good uni. Yeah, yeah. And then we did the same. We went to the University of Birmingham. So, um. <laughs> there you go. Otherwise known as the Den. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, do you get to go to Millwall? Did you go a lot when you were kids? Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. We'd, we'd it's very good for sort of. It would have been the old Den, wouldn't it, then, actually? Well, I, I, you used to go to the old Den. My dad would never take me to the old Den. Um, because he the thought it was, was far um, too rowdy. Tricky. The old den is. Yeah. Um, I went a couple of times. Can't think of a word to describe it. Well, what I can really remember about it was, it was I went to see Tottenham <laughs> against uh, Millwall, the youth game. That would be. Uh, even then, that, I should imagine that was fair. Yeah, I did. A, I think I had a, I had a Tottenham sign, and I just <laughs> didn't get it out. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I'm sure I went to a league game there as well. But there was like one of the corners. There was like a hill. And there was a guy out there with his dog watching the match. Yeah, yeah he used to watch that's, it all the time. That's, um, that's, like his that's, that's got a, uh, a political. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There was a certain yeah, yeah. We, we won't go there. Well, what, what, Jews Hill. Really? Yeah, because yeah, they're uh, racist. Oh, because they don't pay. Oh yeah. gosh. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Do you know? Yeah. 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 Sheffield Wednesday is a good choice. <laughs> <laughs> well, also, what turned me on to that? I, I used to go watch Palace with my dad when I was quite young, so I'd have to go to Silhurst Park occasionally, which is equally grim. So, yeah. yeah a bit but, a different way. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's, a, he's strange, different, but we, we we still go. We we, we enjoyed last weekend. So. Um, yeah. First defeat of the season. You didn't. It's going to be a long win. one. No. No. Who's the manager now? Steve Lomax. Steve Lomax. Yeah. Ex-West Ham. Oh, yeah. Six okay, years, yeah. Six years West Ham captain, pretty much. Yeah. yeah. Well, you had Billy Bonds, didn't you, in the past? Yeah, he did. He did and really well for us. He nearly took us out of business. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there, there's a lot of history. Yeah, he so, signed Neil Harris as a coach, didn't he? He did, yeah. Yeah, Which, yeah. yeah, and he's made all the right noise and all the right moves, you feel, but... But 3-0 mm-hmm. against Ipswich. Yeah, yeah. we're going to see. We're going to see. I mean, he's, he's, got, he's got a lot of... Um, he's going to have a lot shorter time than anyone else would have. To, yeah, to yeah, get it right, absolutely. and people are already grumbling, which is, which is absolutely people are grumbling. Dalshu is appointed before he's done anything. Yeah, you know, people were tying kind of signs to the gates the day he was appointed, suggesting that he go should, back to he, Jews Hill. He wasn't welcome. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. You nasty hammer. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. What comics did you read at that time? Was it was that again a thing common to the three of you? I don't like comics. <laughs> Especially our ones. Not <laughs> ones. Don't see the point. Uh, we we used to read comics, so um, yeah. Well, I started reading comics, reading all like the UK weeklies, so Transformers, Action Force, all that kind of stuff. Um, then onto the kind of American comics. Um, what were we reading? I guess X Men. Yeah, um, I think Jim Lee the... was X Men and Chris Claremont. Yeah, yeah. So. I mean, I've read 2018. I think that was I went from. Oh yeah, I did used to read that. Yeah, there you go. Oh, there you go. Did you enjoy it? No. Uh, no, I hated it. <laughs> <laughs> I hated it for 10 years. <laughs> yeah, I went from kind of looking and, and that kind of stuff yeah. to, to Transformers and then to 2018, which, which was just... I, I, I managed to get the first issue I ever bought. I managed to get it as a back issue, just as kind of nostalgia thing. Um, and, yeah, it was 1988, something like that. Um, and read that for, for, for three or four years. And then um, I think the first, the first American... Kind of floppy comic book was X, Uncanny X Men two five seven. Is that a technical term? Floppy yeah, comics. Floppies. Yeah. Some people say, yeah. Well, people ever come like, mate, you've, where are your floppies? And you're like, Downstairs. no, it's never. <laughs> it's never. It, it's a trade thing, isn't it? it yeah, yeah. People sort of talk about trades and floppies, but it is like right. in the business. Rather, you wouldn't get a customer going. Let's well, you keep your floppies. No one will ever ask you that. I'm going to do that. Just walk into like Orbital. <laughs> They're always, they're respectful. Where are you from? This guy knows. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the thing thing about Orbit is, when you go to Desco, where are you from? They go, they're behind you. You're the boss. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, and so, um, but then you, about probably when we were about 15, 16, you started reading Cerebus? Yeah, which was a kind of major turning point for us, I guess, which was... Um, it was for comics as well. Yeah. So. yeah. And, I, and I think that was probably before the image thing started as well, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, it, it was, yeah, it was yeah. pre-image, and there was. Well, it, when, when I think all the Vertigo it. stuff was kind of almost coming out. So like Sandman, Shade, yeah. Grant Morrison, Animal Man, which I think was pre-Vertigo, but all that kind of stuff was happening. So they're the ones where you start thinking, oh, there's some quite interesting stuff going on here, which follows on from really Alan Moore and Frank Miller, who was slightly before our time. But obviously, you go back and read that stuff, and um, yeah, the kind of Brit invasion of serious American comics, um, and then yeah, getting into create your own stuff and getting our minds twisted by Dave Sims' vision of what a creator should be and uh, self-publishing and all that kind of stuff. And I, I read his rules on self-publishing, which are astonishing. I'd advise everyone to read those. Have we followed them? Um, I try to very hard. Okay. Um, but you two undo it every time. He's yeah. Much. I mean, yeah. technically, people aren't self-publishing if they go for us, but they kind of are. The interesting In the thing as well we, is, of course, with, with Dave Sim, mm. he is uh, it's a remarkable artistic achievement creative achievement and uh, industrial achievement as well what he did with Cerebus in terms of the production and distribution and, and creativity yeah. but it is very much one man's vision mm-hmm. and it's interesting that Dave Sim doesn't talk to anyone you know he, he's cut off ties with uh, uh, Gerhard you know, his yeah. wife that he yeah. was doing the company with at the time yeah. they've separated he, it, it is very much you know one man alone so you know, the three of you working together is it, it's never going to be, uh, hopefully, the same experience. <laughs> well, I think he's a, he's quite a unique. He's a guy. he's a kind he's of bitter individual anyway, isn't he? But, yeah, he um, is. Yeah. He's a he's a maniac. He's a misanthrope. Yeah. He's um he's a fascinating character. Yeah, he but, really but, is. But the fact that half the comic would be given over to the process. Yeah. Of how he was creating his comic and you know getting through twenty eight pages every well I think at that time when he was writing he was very rarely getting twenty eight pages in the comic but you know yeah. just thrashing through it. And with the backgrounds that uh, Garrard was doing, it, it was it was fascinating stuff. Obviously, a completely different process to, to the way anyone would do it today. Yeah. So so labour intensive, and and the fact that he was just so single minded that every month one of his issues would come out was actually. Well, it was incredible. about an aardvark. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It started off. The first few issues are essentially a Conan the Barbarian parody about right. an aardvark with a sword going around fighting people, um, but then Sim realised it could be about anything, and that's oh. where it becomes. So he starts to. There's different arcs that sort of deal with large things. There's like high society and church and states. There's politics and there's religion. And basically he did a thing where, wherever he way to examine, he turns Cerebus into that. So Cerebus becomes Pope and he just spends dozens of issues just dissecting religion. Yeah. Yeah. He's still an aardvark all the way through. Oh, um, he becomes the king and uh, it's all about uh, it, you know the, the structure of power. He, uh, event, he At one point he, there's this sort of metaphysical, incredible... Uh, period where he, he meets his creator he meets uh, yeah. Dave Simmons it's all about man's relationship with God and the the, but the interesting thing about it is heavy going stuff wow. well, it, it but, start but, but really funny as well like yeah, one of the characters hilarious. is a guy called Lord Julius who's essentially at various points the ruler and grand and various things but it's it's just Groucho Marx he yeah. draws it as Groucho Marx and he gives him he basically just writes Groucho Marx style material uh, for this guy and like um, in Reeds it's it's, it's literally Oscar Wilde. Yeah. It's Oscar Wilde, but in this world, writing his memoirs as he dies. Yeah. And that's... And there's... Um, is it Guys? Where the entire story oh, takes place with uh, Cerebus in a bar. Yeah. yeah and like, all you see is him drinking and things happening in the background and it cuts away to other things. But the protagonist, the 
eponymous character is uh, doing nothing but sitting in a box. And it is... It, it is a, but the, uh, in the same time, when you're reading about his life in the background, he basically... Experiment with LSD had an experience that he couldn't fathom, so tries to mm-hmm. process it through the comic. But as a, as a result of that, he created a new religion where he tried to blend Islam, Christianity, and Judaism. And he created new dietary rules, uh, new sets of prayers. Are you allowed to eat pork? I don't think he is. <laughs> Who's doing this? The that Dave, Dave Sim. Dave Sim. As, as a human in real life. But at the same time, right. he's run this, this uh, publishing company, um, which, through the quality of the work and uh, word of mouth from among comic mm-hmm. stores, becomes a huge hit. So then he decides to do these phone book-sized collections of the comics. And comic shops like, oh, great, these are going to sell like heart cakes. And he's like, they are. I'm distributing them myself. I'm selling them directly from me. Uh, so people will have to give me all the money, and I'm going to make all the money. And the comic shop's like, but we, uh, we helped. And he's like, and I really appreciate that. Like, <laughs> I'm making all the money. And then he, there was a period where he just turned up at uh, conventions and would have a penthouse suite at the hotel. <laughs> and we'd go over by limousine, and we just like openly sending this comic book money. He was, he's a remarkable <laughs> actor. Then there's a bit in the comics where um, it's, uh, again, a fascinating period where he decides to examine uh, gender and the, the, the roles of, of women and men in society. And there's a sequence in the comic where one of the characters talks about the male light of creativity and the female void mm-hmm. that sucks in the male light of creativity. And there was a bit of a debate where people were like, is he saying... And it was like, it's a character who's saying it, he's not saying it, he might not even mean it like that. So then he did an editorial next month, which helpfully explained this is exactly what he meant. That <laughs> women were psychic vampires that do nothing but tap into is that men's... the last issue? No. Uh, <laughs> he went on... That's about halfway through. Yeah. yeah. And at that point, people were like, is he still... Is it all right to read it? And, uh, and the th- my thing is, I've uh, read it all, and it's such a great thing. It's one of those things where you go... You, you have to se- separate... The creator from the creation, didn't you? And you sort of go, "This is like, all God." Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Like, <laughs> I mean, I, I think in some ways that's his legacy—that the fact that these that's the thing that crazy people or potentially crazy, kind of misogynistic. He has a contract that he uh, makes everyone that he works with now sign. Whether it's you're interviewing him, you're doing any sort of work for him whatsoever, you're interning for him, you have to sign a contract that says Dave Sim is not a misogynist. Mm-hmm. Pretty much like but the comics version of Morrissey. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But the thing is, if you're making that contract, the chances are. Yeah. <laughs> but I haven't got one of those because I just assume people know. It's fine. But, but as you say, 300 comics every month. 300 comics? Yeah. Three, no, three, 300. 300 issues every yeah. Yeah. An, an issue a month until he got. And uh, you, do you know about the. That is remarkable. remarkable. I don't care just what. It's 10 a day. It's easy. But it got to a point, I think it was around sort of 125, 150, where he said to Gerhards, like he, he said, I know how this is going to end, and it's got to be 300 issues. If I die, just do the backgrounds. Just do, <laughs> there has to be 300 issues in this era. But so his vow was, there'll be every, it might not have anything other than uh, just like scenes from various buildings and places, but there will be 300 issues. And, and that was his life for like 20 odd years. Right. Drawing those pages every Is day. he still around? Yeah, yeah. And where, where is he? He's uh, Canadian. Right, so we're going to spend 10 minutes talking about Canadian, Steve, on South <laughs> Can you get his stuff off Amazon? Yes, you can. Yeah, if you go to southlandhardcore.com, <laughs> click the Amazon link before you do any of your shopping. If you're going to buy a telly or something, like if you're moving, for example, <laughs> you buy something, click the... Uh... Only one of you is still in Avery Hill, is that right? 
Or well, Avery Hill, is that the name of the area or not really? It's just the name of the park. Right. It's just a park. You're still local there, Michael. I am still there. Trying to, <laughs> yeah, he's trying to get out. Yeah. <laughs> so you've always lived in the same area, not necessarily in the same place, but uh, well Yeah, I lived with him for a while in Greenwich. Yeah, we lived at the top of Mace Hill um, oh, okay. on Black Eve, basically, so on the corner of Greenwich Park. So me and Dave That's moved nice. there originally. Then um, Dave moved yeah, we did out. Walford, yeah. yeah, then Dave moved out and Michael moved in. So um, yeah, and then I moved out a couple of years ago. So, yeah. It turned out weirdly that Tim Bird used to live there as well. Yeah, <laughs> in the same <laughs> house. No, not in the same yeah. house. One big house. Isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I was talking to him about climbing trees. Can't remember why. It's Tim Bird, isn't it? Well, he's got all sorts of trees and roads. It's issue four, isn't it? Trees. <laughs> <laughs> trees of South London. And he said last time he climbed a tree was where he used to live in Maze Hill, and I was like, we used to live there. That's mental. I was like, yeah, I was looking at you through the bathroom. Yeah, it was a little bit scary. Pull your curtains. Where so, are you two guys now? Um, I'm in East Dulwich. Now, I've been there for, for a few years. It was New Cross before that, then, and then Black Eve with Rick before that. Um, and we lived, we lived in Wandsworth for, for yeah. ages as well. How was that? Wandsworth was interesting. It, it was a it was a it was a time yeah. period in our lives. It was convenient, <laughs> it's conveniently situated, I'd say. Yeah. Is there anything right. there? For what? Never, yeah. like, you never go to Wandsworth, do you? No. Speak for yourself. Well, you what do you go to Wandsworth for? Southside, isn't it? Okay. Southside Centre. I went to a, the Holiday Inn recently for a course for work. So. <laughs> that sounds great. Now you say it. I mean, I didn't realize they were doing first aid courses. This is uh... yeah. I mean, it, there wasn't. There's, there's not a lot there. I mean, it, there's you've either got to go to Clapham that way or Putney's that way. It's kind of it's kind of stuck in the middle. But you know, it was really easy to. Let's be fair. There's more in Wandsworth than there is in East Dulwich or Newcross or Blackheath or Avery Hill. Yeah, or we probably Greenwich. just didn't go that way. We it's probably just yeah, stuck to where we were. a massive shopping centre. Okay. There was a good. They, they had an I've got an Audi opposite. They're the way. <laughs> yeah, there's more than there is in Anderley. I doubt it. Marginally, I doubt it. But yeah, I mean, we was I was I was there for about seven years. Yeah, that that was kind of our mid to late twenties, wasn't it? Yeah. During our kind of heavy drinking period. Yeah, the time just kind of passed there. It was yeah. really, it was really strange. <laughs> so football, comics, and music were the three things you over. Musically, what were the things you were into? Um, at, at the time, yeah, um, it was kind of well. Probably started out with things, Pulp, I guess. Yeah, but like the start of Britpop, Britpop music. Yeah, yeah. There, there was things before that, Pink Floyd and Led Zeppelin stuff. You get into Blade Runner soundtrack. Blade Runner soundtrack was you know probably. But in terms of like new bands bringing out new albums yeah, at the same yeah, time, you were yeah. buying them at the same time, talking about it at the same yeah, time. I mean, it, it was sort kind of, of finding our way into to music via kind of the, the classic old bands. But then probably you know when you're ready to. to um, grasp something new that's yours it probably was it, the Britpop stuff so yeah that, that was what came along just as we would get to that age wasn't it so, yeah um, yeah and then we all kind of went off to uni and then came back and then so I guess at that point it was probably um, it was things like the Libertines and all those kind of ben bands Sebastian. Right yeah Bell and Sebastian were massive fans of them and we had yeah, them quite a while at that point <laughs> we just started going to loads <laughs> of indie clubs and going to see bands there was a Bell and Sebastian fan night in New Cross Around '95, was there anything to do with? No. Did you go? No, no and it's probably must a really good so. job we didn't. Yeah, <laughs> we, we nearly got not not ejected, but we we certainly got rejected. a good amount of disdain in a in a Bell and Sebastian gig at Brixton Academy. We didn't chant. Yeah. Well, no, because we were quite loud. We were quite drunk, and uh, it was one of those ones where everyone uh, the sound was so bad that um, at the Brixton Academy, yes, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. the things are quite acoustic-y, so um, like it just wasn't travelling. And I think their mics were all turned down too low. 
And then Brixton so, Academy has the worst hand of any venue yeah, I've yeah, ever yeah. been to. So we're, we're kind of going. We I'm decided to go down. Little shout out throw to Arena. Terrible. We decided to go down to the front and kind of try and sing along, and we were just getting generally shushed and stared at. Yeah, and, and and looking back, you know, if, if they were heavily drunk, dead though. Everyone, everyone needed livening up. Yeah, I went on the Bell and Sebastian forum afterwards and told them all that in no uncertain terms and got chased off of it very quickly. Yeah. <laughs> little little tie-in, yeah. Tim Bird met his girlfriend April on, on the same Bell and Sebastian forum. Though I got chased off. They yeah. up, yeah. Did they uh, meet over a mutual disdain of yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's <laughs> probably hatred yeah. of rowdy, uh, yeah, yeah. rowdy drunk idiots in the Brixton Academy? They probably were at that game. And it was music that brought you all together in your first sort of project? Was that the first thing that you... Probably our first... Uh, <coughs> oh, you mean long, the thing? The <laughs> longer term collaborative Clever project. Bring yeah. uh, we'll it back in. It's fine. Yeah, we, 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 and, and we did it far too late. It was like mid-twenties and we should have done it. It's something you do when you're kind of 18, 19. But are you talking about the band or the oh, website? Yeah. Okay. Band, yeah. yeah. Oh, sorry. You're talking about no the band. Oh, okay. the band. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We, um, so it was the first sort of group effort. Yeah, it was. Yeah, and it, and it was uh, ill-conceived. And what was the band called? We were called the Do Nothing Kings. It's worse names out there. Mm. Not many. There's better names. There's <laughs> loads of better names out there. But there's... We, we, we came up with some absolute shockers. At the top, <laughs> top of the list. Um, yeah. Did anything make it onto records? Was anything? Um, we recorded stuff, but not. We didn't. I have it. got the master tapes. Have you? Should I ever need to blackmail Ricky? Yeah. <laughs> what, so what were your roles in the band? No, I was, I was singer until we realised I can't sing, and then I left. That was just in rehearsals. Yeah, you just stopped turning up for rehearsals. Yeah, I tried to do Heroes, mate. Ah! fine. It went still there. You know they set the microphones up. Like, I know, exactly. yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was yeah. still better than the Oasis. Yeah, if you keep though. going further back from the microphone, <laughs> shut the door, shut the door. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, we, we used to rehearse in Ballon, didn't we? And then yeah. that was a long way for you to come, to be fair. Yeah, yeah. there's a lot of that. Was it all covers or did you... No, we did our own material. Yeah. Yeah. Better than Heroes, was it? Different, different. But yeah, I mean, we we just came in and said, right, none of us could really play instruments, so let's pick up an instrument and see how we get on. And I was going to play guitar. Where were you, like Toys R Us? Pretty much, (laughs) pretty much. Uh, And that clearly wasn't going to work out, so I started playing bass guitar, which is obviously a lot, lot easier. Um, You're quite good. You're quite good at the bass. Yeah, I mean, so much. You're better than me, and I played it for years. It's quite <laughs> galling when you get it up. Taller though, isn't he? He's got long fingers. Long 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 you can't play bass with fingers like that. It's ridiculous. Up there, up, <laughs> up on the chin. Um, yeah, and it, it, was, it was really good fun to be. Uh, but it was it was probably the third, first thing. And there were you know again any gigs? Yeah, yeah, loads. yeah, yeah. But yeah, so that 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 fizzled out um, rightfully. And uh, I suppose the next thing we started doing was um, uh, a music blog, which which was called Tiny Dancing. Um, which I kind of started, it must have been 2006, 2007, something like that. Concentrating on new music, you know, kind of putting, so new bands who wouldn't mind you putting their MP3s up and, and people to download and just, just do a bit Yeah, that was the real down. peak of it, wasn't it? Yeah. Like MySpace. Yeah. And it, like I was making music videos at the time and like just going home at night and just getting through like 30 bands a night trying to listen yeah, to something decent and thinking I was going to pitch them something. Yeah, but like yeah. it was just like, there was just music everywhere. I, yeah. don't, I mean, there is now. But it just seemed like, you know, everyone was on MySpace rather than Facebook or Twitter. Yeah. And you yep. would just have bands just constantly, like, inundating you with their stuff. Whereas now it's kind of, 
you almost have to go looking for music. And that was a weird time, wasn't it? It, it was, yeah, you would just get... Really, really like, much. say, like, I went to see Arctic Monkeys at um, Astor- You're an Explosion, You're Dynamite, you know, oh. as you say, Explosion. I went to see them at the Astoria, and, like, you know, people talk about the gig because they hadn't released... They'd released one single. Yeah. And, like, the whole of the Astoria... I mean, I'm exaggerating slightly, and it annoys me when they do this on, like, Glastonbury coverage. But, like, the whole <laughs> of the venue was knew all the words. Yeah, yeah. Or, you know? Something like that. Do you know what I mean? It was just like it was, and obviously, again, that's probably the case a bit more today. But it was like the first time it happened, really. Yeah, it's a similar thing. We saw, I saw a bit before that. You know, the tanneries at the top of uh, Greenwich Church Street, just by Deptford DLR station, they turned into a big block of flats now, but it used to be artist studios. And and it was just after we moved to to Blackheath, actually, so probably around 2006 ish, something like that. Um, And and a friend of ours put put on an all day festival there. And the Arctic Monkeys headlined, and mm. this was before they released anything. Did they? What? Who's this? <laughs> this was years ago. I mean, it was, uh, I didn't even know they were. But no, no, yeah, that's I'm, just, it. I'm just standing there watching, <laughs> and everyone knew the words. Yeah, kids were going absolutely crazy. Yeah, like I had a CD with like. I mean, now it, even it just is so normal. It's, it's I mean, like, but really, were the first ones, weren't they? Yeah, where absolutely. you had like twenty of their tracks, and like, like these are all really great. <laughs> like, and like you know, but they'd released nothing. Very yeah. strange. Very different world. Yeah, no, it was. And, in 2007. And, yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah, everything's changed. And, and also, um, I'd started going to a, a night at the Amish Moms in New Cross called the Glue Rooms as well, which was kind of an experimental music night, which kind of opened my eyes to a lot of new, new stuff. So I so started doing this blog. Did it for quite a while. Uh, Ricky and Michael started contributing and... and um, Seem to be getting a lot of interest because you know you can judge hits and traffic and all that kind of stuff. You know how much bandwidth's been taken from the downloads, um, and that was always quite encouraging. But you, we we're trying to encourage people to interact, and you don't get we weren't getting a lot of comments back or anything like that. Quite <laughs> oh, absolutely, yeah. I mean, <laughs> we're computer people, of course, we need it. It's the only interaction we have with the outside world. Sitting there pressing refresh, refresh, mm. just in case someone's <laughs> left a comment, refresh. Going, going to bed disappointed um, <laughs> and there wasn't a lot of that and then I think shortly after that to, to go with the entire MySpace thing there was just an explosion of, of music blogs mm. they just seemed to be coming out of everywhere it turned into a huge thing didn't it it did for yeah mm-hmm. it really did and then it started getting a little bit tricky because um, obviously you're not supposed to put up MP3s that people don't want you to at the same time we were getting record labels emailing us saying can you put this up and it started to lose that kind of independent feel and you're getting all of this kind of um you're just becoming a conduit you, you really are yeah. and it just started to lose a little bit and and plus it you know it's, it's difficult to, to find new stuff to write about sometimes if there's not something out there you want to write mm. about but you need to keep up posts so people uh, you know so you're visible so after about two three years of that maybe a bit longer um we stopped doing it yeah i think you you were doing it a lot longer than us me and michael were probably only doing that for about a year 18 months but we started doing the podcasts as well didn't we yeah yeah we started doing some podcasts which was a bit more fun which is yeah and music podcasts yeah yeah called tiny dancing yeah yeah Yeah. are they still available to listen to uh, they're, they're probably on your <laughs> website actually aren't they they might be, they might be and was that the three of you talking about music and then you drop yeah. in yeah, mp3s we, 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 we generally tracks. pick a track each that we would bring along and say this is what we like and then we would talk about it and then yeah play it and then um, yeah and we did stuff like a best album of the first half of uh, the first decade of this century and, and, and yeah. mm-hmm. the, the, 
actually never got edited down. We no, recorded we never, about, we drunk and we recorded about three hours, mm. and it was absolutely unworkable. So, uh, <laughs> so that, that's 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 on a hard drive somewhere. So, um, but that, I mean, it was it was really enjoyable, kind of accessing or trying to find new bands rather than you know them coming to you. Um, we used to go out on on outings to see to see bands. So yeah, I mean, we really enjoyed it, but it just kind of ran its course. It felt like it had kind of we'd done everything we wanted to do with it, and probably wasn't developing as well as, as or as, as quick as we thought we should. So we kind oh, of stopped. No one was listening to it. Well, we don't know. That was that was the thing. There was there was a suspicion that people were just going on grabbing the MP3 and then yeah, yeah. even again, which is kind of that's okay if the band's getting <laughs> attention. I, I used to do that. Yeah, so that's, that's why we suspect that everyone else was. Yeah, so, um, yeah. So so we just kind of kind of halted it one day um, but the, the, it, so I was just thinking about it a little while after wasn't really doing anything we've always you know kind of worked on, on projects yeah. together it's bad bands or, or whatever um, so to get beyond you know to, to try and say right well that, that that blog thing didn't work you've got access to let's have a third go the entire <laughs> <laughs> we, we failed right. twice yeah. right, let's go to idea number three on the list um, and we need something else to talk about down the pub number um, ten is me on yeah. the game so we need yeah. one of these to work in the 21st century you went publishing yeah. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely print so, publishing yeah idea number three print publishing and it, the idea was to kind of completely reverse the blog idea you're actually idiots aren't you <laughs> <laughs> But we know the answer, so it's okay. Yeah, true, yeah. Maybe. Um, yeah, so if we'll stop that kind of being able to access the entire world that's got an internet connection and we'll rewind it to, to print publishing. Um, and so we started out, we still, still kept the name Tiny Dancing, um, and the, the, the first issue was, was just kind of us doing whatever you wanted to do that could be printed. There was no theme, there was no, right, I want you to do this. So it wasn't that. music, it was just anything. Could have been, could have been. Yeah, yeah, if, but if, it wasn't if, just... If wanted it to be, but yeah, it wasn't, you know, it, there wasn't any direction. Um, and I did some illustration, um, a couple of people we know did some writing, um, but Rick, you did a, you did a comic. Script. Yeah, I, I did the first episode of what is my magnum opus, Metroland, which is still going on. And will be forever. Um... Well, Possibly, uh, yeah. Well, it's There's going to be three hundred. But instead of every month, there if he dies, just keep doing the background. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I did that, which is yeah, which it, it was kind of based on what what I, I call it a science fictionalized autobiography. So it was kind of about stuff I'd done in the past, but uh, with time travel. So uh, yeah, but it's so, all based around Greenwich and Borough. Yes, uh, yeah. I mean that's. I've used quite a lot of it's, it's kind of about London as well I, I like to think it's about music about science fiction and about London and um, I, I use quite a lot of proper locations from a South London perspective I've used Greenwich quite a lot um, Bermondsey and yeah various places around there the, the main characters live in Vanbrook Castle don't they? yes the main characters live in Vanbrook Castle um, where's that? that's on Mays Hill halfway um, yes. yeah it was uh, this amazing kind of small castle that was created by <clears throat> Sir John Vanbrugh um, in the 17th century, I think. They call it they call it Vanbrugh's Folly, which was, <laughs> yeah, he, he just decided to build a medieval, medieval castle for no apparent Is this red brick, isn't it? Is it um, red brick? Yeah. 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 Did you talk about this to me, Steve? Maybe even on the show? It's incredible. So, yeah. <laughs> it's, 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 I mean, it's just to the side of Greenwich Park. So just kind of outside, outside the um, what would be the... East Wall, yeah, and it kind of it went into disrepair for ages, and then um, during the Second World War, I think they used it as a hospital, and then 
it, again, it kind of disappeared. And then in 1980s, some a group of people bought it and decided to split it into flats. And they bought it for like something like a hundred grand. And now the flats are worth about a million each. And it's one of them. Went, one of them went up for rent. Yeah. Wasn't it? And you could. Uh, I think it's three grand a month. You could go and like find a property or whatever. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah, it's beautiful. <laughs> it was. The I, most I, I used to have to. Walk, I used to walk past it every day on my way to work, and um, it, it's kind of like there's a story about Dickens when he was growing up, and he used to walk past his house and where he used to live, and he said, oh, "I'm going to have that house one day." Bleak house. Um, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and um, well, and he, he did end up buying it, and that's where he died as well. And um, so you think you're yeah, going to end up buying Well, no, I've said the same thing, but it won't actually happen because I'm not. I'm not Charles Dickens. So the characters in your comic. Yeah, so I've, I've made the characters in my comic. Yeah, that's what you're doing. It? Yeah. Immortalised in print. Of, uh, in a limited run of... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, you haven't done a uh, collection, have you? Were there any plans for... Uh... No, not for that. Uh, I'm going to reboot it and do it, uh, kind of start it and do it properly. Um, and do it as... <laughs> yeah, I've written like the first <laughs> script. And um, yeah, it kind of comes to an end in Reads 4. I've given it an ending. I've kind of decided Isn't it to nice re- when you say something like, I'm going to start again doing it properly, and your two uh, collaborators <laughs> just like, just start laughing. Literally <laughs> <laughs> free the headbacks and went, yeah, all right, of course you are. <laughs> uh, but it's going to be drawn by somebody else, so that'll be good. And, um, that will help. Yeah, but it'll, right. it'll come to a... <laughs> yeah. It's coming to an end in uh, Reads 4, and I decided to do it kind of like a computer game. So you know when you play a computer game, and you kind of, you can do different stories in the sense that you might come to an ending and that your character will die. And that's kind of one story of the game, but then you could do something else the next time. So and, go somewhere else, and it goes further. Ends, yeah. And it's kind of that alternate reality anyway, so I decided to kind of do an ending where people die in it and uh, then just kind of start that, it right? again. Spoiler. I'm not, I've not <laughs> yeah. said who dies. Tiny Dancing is in. It's up to issue eight now, isn't it? Yeah, we did put out eight earlier in the year um, with a special fabric cover. Yeah, gold, um, was it the gold line? Gold line, yeah. yeah. I mean, and the previous one was uh, blue. Felt or something. Yeah, it's just whatever, whatever cheap we find, kind of hanging around um, in in various shops in Peckham and, and, and East Dulwich. Um, yeah, it's kind of it's kind of on a bit of a hiatus at the moment. While we're kind of concentrating on other stuff, um, it is it is a really I enjoy doing it, but it's also a really useful way of getting in touch with new creators. Um, some come to us, most I go to them, um, and it can sometimes set up new projects. You know, so you start you get an idea of what it's like to work with someone, they get an idea of what it's like to work with us. And, and Reads is the same, um, which is which is our comics anthology. As Richard says, we're just about to do the fourth. Um, it kind of grew out of Tiny Dancing because, um, as I say, in the first one, Rick did a comic, uh, our mate Steve Horry did a comic as well. Uh, Mark, Mark and I did, uh, did a couple of cartoon strips. Uh, one was, was Bad Dad Bowie. If you, oh, if you Bad recall. Dad Bowie! <laughs> um, Bad Dad Bowie was wicked. I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because there was a. It, it was it, is it space that his, his son did? Was it called Space? Moon. 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 I knew yeah. there was a. Yeah. yeah. But, but when what? that came out, there was pictures of, of um, David Bowie with, with Duncan at the at mid premiere, and everyone's going, "What a top dad David Bowie is coming out and supporting his son." So we thought, "What would it be like if it was the reverse?" Yeah, flipping um, on its head. And <laughs> so yeah, and, and it was it was basically one one joke, and David Bowie's young son would come in and be like, "Dad, can we go and play football?" But um, Bowie's in his Ziggy gear, and he's like, "No, Mick's coming round, and we're gonna have a jam." And he just wanders off, and they're standing there at the end in the suburban front room playing Moon Age Daydream, and, and that was that was kind of that, that, that was the one joke, and we and we used that several times. So 
I did quite a good Mick Ronson though. Did an excellent Mick Ronson. Quite a good picture of Mick Ronson. Really, it almost looked vaguely like him. Yeah, yeah, like full full guitar pose. It's, it's, mm. it's worth picking up for that alone. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, Tony Dancing was like kind of half comics, half anything else it could be, and that kind of found we found it a bit difficult to um, get people to to get their heads around. Is it is it a comic zine? Is it an art scene? You know, what is this? So we took the, the bold decision to, to, to break the comics out of Tiny Dancing and into its own anthology, uh, which we call Reads, going back to, to Cerebus again. Um, and so what is that? What, I don't, what is that? In Why the world of that? Cerebus, I, uh, I books s- are called Reads. Oh, I yeah. see. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, books I with see. pictures. Books yeah. with pictures. So, um, <laughs> so I'll, I'll explain to you how you can't be works. Explain my business to me. Right, carry on. Sales and marketing. This yeah, he's, he's, so, all he's all over it. Any inquiries, uh, send them this way. I, I won't know. I haven't got a clue. Reads, no, no, no. Um, and that's carried on um, collecting together all the, all of the ongoing comics. Uh, and that's, is that the first one Tim Bird contributed to? I think no, it's he was Tiny Dancing 6. Dancing. Something yeah. like that. So that's, that's where Tim um, kind of got involved and contributed some strips Darkness on the Edge of Town spot on Darkness on the Edge of Town which was which was kind of a classic bird Springsteen album yeah as well <laughs> and, uh, a, a, a kind of a young person growing up in suburbia can we call it yeah, Birdian 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 yeah Birdian Birdian Alienation and Regret Absolutely. Yeah, all the <laughs> themes he loves to tap into. Absolutely steeped in, 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 in that kind of... And music as well, isn't it? And music as yeah. well, yeah. Um, and that's where we started working with Tim. Um, and after doing a couple of strips uh, in, in Tiny Dancing and into Reads, we started talking about potentially a longer project and, and a full-length full length comic that was just, just Tim's work, um, which was also going to be the first thing that we'd done that, that none of us had contributed to. So up until now, it had been... Tiny Dancing reads a couple of other projects um, that, that we do ourselves, kind of smaller runs, um, more zini type stuff. Um, and yeah, we started working on Grey Area with Tim. Um, the first issue um, being about London um, at night, kind of the unseen London, um, th- three vignette type stories. Um, and then the second one being uh, the old straight track, which is about the Great British Motorway System and its connection to um, ley lines and ancient tracks of, of pagan and druidic origin um, and, and how that transfers into, into modern life and modern travel, um, which have been absolutely fantastic. Yeah, we've both read them and yeah, can personally it's... recommend them. If you go to averyhillpublishing.com, you can pick, it, pick up uh, Grey Area. Yeah. And, and they're um, both volumes really, really good. Like you were saying, uh, Dave, at the... Uh, process when you were talking about it about the last couple of pages in the second volume where it just yeah, like yeah, knocks you off your feet same thing when I was reading it when you said it it's that same reaction just the last couple of pages of that second volume is just like it's one of those things where it's what I love where it's like you can only do this with comics yes, the term it wouldn't work in film it wouldn't Absolutely. work as a novel it, it's so effective in this form uh, it's, it's great stuff really really good yeah. lovely um Editions as well. The actual uh, the print and the, the format and the paper is really, really, really nice. Yeah, you obviously well. have got some uh, put a lot of importance on the presentation, which yeah. I know sounds maybe for you know illustrated books kind of should be obvious, but it isn't always the case, is it? <laughs> no, I, I mean I think we learned that fairly fairly early on. But with, with Tim's 
um, with grey area, we wanted to, um, Tim, Tim's covers are quite um, minimalistic, kind of a design element rather than you know, heavy on illustration or, or, or so on. Um, and I spent quite a lot of time talking to him because fortunately he lives about 10 minutes away from me so we, we, we can meet in the pub and, and, and chat around how we're going to do things um, and so we wanted it to be A4 rather than A5 there's a lot of A5 self, uh, small published stuff out there um, A4 when you see it on a stand it's just I mean it sounds it sounds really small, yeah. small press big paper exactly yeah. <laughs> <laughs> write that down <laughs> 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 And yeah, we, we wanted to get some uh, a nice cover stock, so we spoke to the printer that was doing it for us. Um, I'll give them a little plug if that's all right. Called, yeah. called New Leaf Graphics. They are based in Farringdon, but I've got you know my personal take is they've got a very kind of transpontine feel to their business. <laughs> 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 um, and they found this paper stock for us that was kind of a grey card, very textured, kind of a recycled. Oh, it's lovely, filter. isn't it? It's really. Yeah, and they found that for us, so we, so we used it. Yes, yeah, really. Just imagine how much you're getting out of that cover stuff. <laughs> <laughs> this is fantastic. This is nice rubbing stuff. against the cheek. <laughs> this is gone through three copies. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, it turned out really well. And and Tim's just about to do his third, or, or start work on his third, which is, I think, he assures me it's going to be, he's going to walk the length of the Thames Estuary and uh, write about his experiences and I think I volunteered to do it with him brilliant when I was drunk the other night <laughs> so yeah so that and that's and, and that's going to be in a gold lame cover is it yeah, yeah it's going to be A3 so we're going bigger every, every, every time <laughs> and it's going to be in a gold lame uh, carry case so that's, that's the next big plan um, yeah and then I suppose the next the next comic we worked on after that was probably uh, the festival which yeah by Jazz Greenhill, who we can I quickly just jump in and yeah, say that's brilliant. Carry on though. <laughs> <laughs> um, who? Yeah. What? What? Where did she go to college? She went to Campbell. Campbell she, she's she's studying. Yeah. I think it's illustration at Campbell. She's just she's just completed her graduate show in the last couple of months, which the festival was for. Yeah. yeah so yeah, she came to us because we'd met her at uh, Comiquette, um, and she, I'd, I'd talked to her about maybe working with us before. And um, yeah, she came to us and said that she needed to put out this comic for a course, and could we do it? And could we do it quite quickly? And um, yeah, we might even said yes. Five weeks turnaround. Yeah, I mean, she was still working on it. Um, so she came. To, yeah, I think we agreed to do it about a month before it had to be ready. I, I think the last thing she, she she finished the cover. We decided kind of last minute to go over color cover. Yeah. And overnight she did um, a watercolor wrap around for the cover. Really yeah, which is absolutely stunning. Yeah. I mean, she's, she's, she's it's great the fact that it's, uh, got a land, it's in landscape format as well. Yeah, it works yeah. really nice. I mean, that's just how she started it. So she came to us with that idea, that format, and we we're like, right, how can you know, how can we make the best um, presentation out of this? Which is, and then we started talking to her about the color cover as well. But the amount of work that goes into into her, you know, her book, it's just incredible. The speed she put it together as well. I mean, she must have been doing it kind of round the clock. It was incredible, really nice. You said the other night as well about it's her first comic and the number of panels on the page, uh, just not something that a comic artist would naturally yeah, do. Yeah, I mean, one, a comic artist might do it once or twice. Like someone like Michael Avon Oming in Powers, you can see he does that occasionally, but over a spread, whereas basically every landscape page, well, almost all of them has got, I don't know, 10 panels yeah. on sometimes. And then... Um, they're just incredibly detailed. She's obviously, yeah. I mean, there's just so much work on into every single page there. But if it's a narrative style, there's not a huge amount of um, 
dialogue, position in their yeah. dialogue. Yeah. Which, which is why you can get away with that, obviously, from a technical point of view. Otherwise, yeah. you've got word Speech balloons going over everything, right and then it wouldn't look as good. So, so it's just got the flow of the, this really kinetic flow of the panels, the energy, and it really can. It, it, it's, it's three kids kind of running wild at a, a, a festival without their parents. They get there, they all go to sleep, they decide they're, they're not tired, so they get up and they go exploring this festival. And it's just about what they find. Um, and yeah, it's, it's just a. It, Considering kind of it came to us half formed, we had a really quick turnaround to do it, and it was really important for jazz as well, which we were kind of well aware of, contributing to her to her final degree show, um, and it came out beautifully. We, we used a guy called Rich Hardyman to print that, who I know a lot of kind of small small um, press and, and self publishers use, and, and Rich was fantastic at, at helping us turn it around really quickly, and, and he, his printing is beautiful as well. Um, so yeah, I mean that, that was a bit of a that was a bit of an experience. We we were coming out. I was at work because we've all got day jobs, and I was kind of leaving meetings at work because I'd seen Rich was trying to get me on my phone, so assuring everyone that I've got a very important call to take. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, no, if you can get it delivered by tomorrow, that'd be fantastic. And then going and going back in, so that was quite a good. Can we can we look back and call it a laugh? I think. We can. Um, <laughs> well, but the thing is, it stands you in good stead. It's like pre-season training. It's like hill runs where yeah. at the time yeah. you're like, this is horrible, and then halfway through the season, you're like, all oh, right, I'm uh, I'm feeling the benefit yeah. now. Of, uh, and, and that was <laughs> Mike was not sure about that. Well, no, I was like, my legs been, just hurt. That's all yeah. I'm getting at. He's yeah. never been the best pre-season trainer, have you, Mike? It's, yeah, it's uh, interesting that you mentioned that you got day jobs because in the pub after the process the other night, there's another moment where we were chatting to that guy James, and he was showing us some stuff, and we were yeah. just giving him a bit of feedback on it. Yeah, you mentioned your job in passing. He's like, oh, you got a jo- you got day jobs, and he was, and you were like, yeah. And yeah. he really seemed to think that Avery Hill Publishing was your full time. <laughs> Don't laugh. It shows how good it is. Whereas I was like, <laughs> yeah, it was legit. <laughs> we, we, we learned all the, all the words and everything. No, I mean, yeah, no, we've all got we've all got day jobs. It's um, it's kind of what we do in the evenings and weekends. And I think that was important for him as uh, someone entering the comics industry to realise that you will need a day job for a long time. Oh, to, yeah, uh, yeah, we, we're way off that. <laughs> Two months, three months, we reckon. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But it, it's the thing that, you know, when you're sitting in the office at 7 o'clock at night, it's the thing that keeps you kind of sane to know that you've got this other thing going on that you're really into. Yeah, you need an outlet, didn't you? Oh, absolutely, you yeah. Sort of, yeah. You know, and yeah. you're producing things and, you know, you get concrete results and you sort of go, oh, this is a thing that's happened because and it makes it all worthwhile. Absolutely, and, and it's that process of, of kind of when... I can speak for when I get Tim stuff in, and as you were saying about that, those last couple of pages of Grey Area too, when the PDF comes over, and I, I, I tend not to, we don't interfere with, with the guys' work at all. It's what they want to do. You know, we, we totally trust them to to, to, to make make the right thing, and, and, and we're happy to publish it. Um, and when you get that in your inbox, it's the excitement of going through it. And when you hit a sequence like those last two pages, it's like that's, that's blown me away. That's yeah. absolutely incredible. And then going through the process of getting it printed as well, and going and picking it up, and, and kind of and that's for me, you know, that's, that's why why I'm into it. Um, and that's important distinction as well, isn't it? You're Avery Hill Publishing. You don't have an editorial role in the sense of you'd never send pages back and go, you might want to rethink. Well, you have got a bit of an editorial role sometimes, don't you? Yeah, I guess a little bit. I suppose, um, that, I suppose that brings us to Owen Pomery, I suppose, doesn't it? Yeah, friend of the show. <laughs> a man that needs editing. <laughs> <laughs> less, less vertical lines, Owen. <laughs> I was thinking more. Less. <laughs> There's some space there. I've got a really thin pen. <laughs> yeah, so um, I mean, it's only dialogue and stuff like that. It's only proofreading. Right. You know, from a yeah. point of view. Or if, if something's 
blatantly out of whack or, or, or something like that, which unfortunately I've not come across any of that yet. So Yeah, I, I think part of it is that we come to, the art, a lot of the time with the artistic process, it's done already when it comes to us. So um, most of our job is trying to get it to look nice, the overall package to look nice. It's like Jazz's comic, there's, there's such a short turnaround on it, but it's, I got it and then we had to print it there was no way I could ever apart I, there yeah you check it for spelling errors you might suggest a couple of things that you might want to do differently but um, yeah you, you've basically got no time so um, and with Tim's stuff it just kind of arrives fully formed Owen's yeah no, no real input um, apart from the fact that we kind of initiate the project with him so we discuss it with him first so you had a bit more of an idea of what he was going to do and then some kind of input at that stage but yeah, most most of the time it's more about the actual product that yeah. um, I mean, got the influence on. We, we tend to work with people beforehand anyway, so kind of the smaller strips in, in the anthologies. So you know you get that feel, as I said, of how you both work. Um, and once we're happy that you know something that we want to work with, and they're happy to work with us, we kind of trust the guys to do. And with Owen, he, he publishes his own stuff previously. He does, yeah. So you had not, and yeah. just looking at what he produces himself and what you produce, they're definitely. Uh, a sort of agreement there about design and the idea of, of how the packages look, isn't it? You're on, yeah, much on the same absolutely. page. And, we, and we, we have that conversation right at the start of the process. You know, how, what, what do you want it to look like? What do you want to achieve from, from, from this book in a way? Um, I, I think I mentioned on, on, on Thursday, but there's, for us as, as the guys that are kind of pricing it, selling it, and putting it out there, there's a real balance between the value of the creator's work, which is paramount, and the fact that, you know, they're all fairly new creators, some, some you know different stages, but but near the start of their kind of comics or, or creative career, um, and it's an exposure thing as well. So it's getting that right balance between saying, right, well, you know, we love your work and, and we're going to make it look as, as beautiful as we can, um, and you know, I'd be happy buying that for whatever price. But at the same time, it's going to be out there. People need to. It's, it's a competitive market out there. There's so many guys doing their own stuff now, which is great, but. Um, it's kind of very conscious about getting getting as much exposure as possible for these guys so they can move on to the next next level of whatever they want to do so it is getting that that balance and, and trying to achieve what they exactly what they want if, if, if the next person we work with want to make a beautiful book for, for £10 a copy we'll do that um, but it just so happens so far what we've done has been very much about getting projects out there and, and, and getting people getting people um, to, to pick the books up Megatherium Club, which is what we were yeah, talking yeah, about, Owen Pomery's new book. Wake um, <laughs> <laughs> up, Michael. Sorry. Especially selling books. Good, isn't it? <laughs> it is excellent. It's an excellent comic. I, but again, you had... I'm sweat. trying to remember the launch thing. That was what... The yeah, the Natural History Museum. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah it's uh, about... You tell us what it's about, Steve. Well, it was an idea. I talked to Owen uh, when he first had the idea, before... Any sort of comic mm. form, and he, he his thing was initially he wanted to have something where if he was invited into an anthology, he could do a very small episodic story based around one idea. So rather than doing lots of research every time for different stories, have this one mm-hmm. idea that you can draw on lots of ways. And he'd read about this thing called the Megatherium Club, which is essentially uh, an American version of the Royal Society based out of the Smithsonian Museum. And similar to the Royal Society, it's, it's gentlemen scientists. It's not people that are there through, you have to present papers and qualify for entry. It was just groups of people that clumped together and had similar interests. 
And it just so happened that the Megatherium Club's interests were as much to do with drinking and hygiene as it was <laughs> to actual scientific research. They they quite happily just end up like unicycling through the hall. That's an example of just, sort of just ridiculous. <laughs> future issues. Lots, yeah, lots of, <laughs> lots of eggnog. They, they did have a sack race in the main hall, and that, yeah, that's what got them chucked out eventually. So yeah. Spoiler alert. Two <laughs> <laughs> now. So, so Tim Tim was... Uh, uh, Owen thing was he wanted to have... He had this idea for the Mary Film Club, and basically he could just do lots of stories about uh, scientists getting up to hijinks at the Smithsonian or going out on field trips. And it is, it's a brilliant idea, isn't it? It's a brilliant thing to go, yeah. you've got this premise that's based in history, so you've got, it's grounded there and you've got the characters fully formed. So a lot of the work's done for you. But then they're, you know, eccentric enough that you can say, oh, they did this as well. And it may not be true, but it fits with the story. Um, and as I say, his plan was if he was asked to do things for anthologies, he could just put it together. And I think he did a couple of pieces for. Uh, so a couple of shorter pieces, like there was a Tales from the Megatherium Club, the Primates. Yeah, that, that, was, that was in Reese 3, and then he did, uh, he did a Primates, uh, some, some, uh, it's an excellent little, again, a vignette that, that was in Tiny Dancing. So those are the first couple of things he did. And, and that's that, a brilliant that example it. of how it works. It's so flexible, yeah. isn't it? That's uh, It's non-narrative. It's just uh, it's a, a fake report from the Megatherium Club about them going and engaging with Primates, and then it's just images with captions at the bottom of uh, their encounters with primates going wrong. Yeah. And it's brilliant, and it's, you know, but then, obviously, the longer-form uh, comic that you've produced, the first volume of the Megatherium Club, uh, is a longer story with the actual characters interacting and talking and, and travelling about. But again, it just shows the flexibility of the project. He can do so many different things with it. Yes, it's, it's a beautiful idea. It's one of those where you go, well, that's just perfect. Yeah. You know, the, the, as you say, you've got the people you've got the location you've got the, the context it's all there you've got the, um, you've got the lines you've got yeah <laughs> it's absolutely right but it's infinite scope isn't it, it you is, can do anything you want with the Megapurium Club yeah and, yeah, and it's funny. It's uh, yeah, and, and he beautifully that. drawn. Only one spelling mistake. So I don't know if that's your problem. <laughs> <laughs> we, we give him. I should call that. Who, who'd put an F in Megatherium? <laughs> <laughs> um, so all these books are available from AveryHillPublishing.com, yeah. as I keep saying, but mm-hmm. just to remind people because they will want to buy them. The three long-form comics creators doing solo projects mm-hmm. are Jazz Greenhill with yeah. the festival. Uh, Tim Bird with Grey Area One and Two, and Owen Pomery with the Megatherium Club. And how much are they? Uh, they're all three fifty each. That's extraordinary plus, plus, value. Plus <laughs> postage and packing, which you know is, is disgraceful. Is that with, with the Royal Mail. Recommend and all those personally. I'm putting o- my name Owen on and it. Tim have made appearances in uh, Reed's and Tiny Dancing, or just Reed's. Yeah, yeah, they're, yeah. They're, they're both. Jazz, yeah. this is the first time you've worked with her, but yeah, I'd imagine it's something you'd want to. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, totally. I mean, things. I, th- I think if she keeps at it, she could be really, really good. So yeah. As as it's a remarkable debut. Yeah. Yeah. It reminded me a bit of Blankets. Yeah, it's got Craig work and yeah, yeah, and the sort of themes as well were kind of yeah. similar. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of yeah. coming of age, but that's kind of a clumsy uh, comparison, probably. No, not really. If yeah. people yeah. like yeah. Blankets, of... they probably you know, if you like Blankets, you'll love. You'll love the festival. Yeah, I mean, we're we're incredibly excited to see what what Jess does next. Because yeah. That that's just, if for that to be your first comic, it's just incredible. You're still doing things that the three of you have created. Passion yeah. projects. Some, yeah, yeah I mean, the thing is, Dave, you've put you put out. Is it in, Invincible? Yeah, I, the thing I, is that that's basically outside our art, but you're not mental. So do you want to maybe <laughs> uh, talk about? That? Well, actually, that was a joint project uh, with my girlfriend. So that, she that, oh, is she not right? <laughs> that's clearly where that sits. Um, yeah, I, I, I kind of use use 
um, the fact that, that I'm part of a publishing company to um, express my own um, artistic. Uh, I don't know why wants. we let you. Why do we let you? <laughs> I, t- I kind of don't tell you. I just no, kind you of just present it. Pretty much just springs it on us after. Yeah, because I'm in charge, of, publishing I'm in charge of production. So you owe me £170. Pounds. <laughs> 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 Thanks for chipping in, guys. Um, I've, gone, I've gone with some pretty expensive paper uh, and full colour printing. Yeah, Old staples. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, I only made one, uh, but it was very expensive. Um, yeah, I mean, Invincible uh, being being one uh, being the most recent which was um, Werner Herzog's I think it was like 2001 2002 no one knows it's, it's a recent no, no one knows well maybe <laughs> is that even a film oh, I've got photos of it one of uh, yeah no one's heard of in it in a way you have yeah in a way uh, yeah recorded it uh, was, was going out one night saw it was on recorded it um, had a few beers just wanted to watch it when we got in um, but the recording process for about the first 15 minutes had corrupted so um, it was creating these glitch effects through the first kind of for the, the title sequence in the first the first portion of the film. Just pixelated, isn't it? Yeah, it's not it like a digital Fata Morgana, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Common Herzog reference. You all said everything. Yeah, uh, kind of. Um, yeah, and it was every time we rewound it and played it again, it was different. So the same oh, glitch, the same glitch wouldn't be repeated. Oh, no, you're into it. And see, no, Volume two. I've got you. See, like that. Not it's like the Mega Fairy Club. It's infinite scope. You could just do so that. many. Uh... Uh, yeah, but we accidentally deleted it. <laughs> that right, it's not like the Mega Fairy Club. <laughs> it's <laughs> very limited. Yeah, one, one time only. <laughs> um, and it was creating these beautiful, not only colours in, in in the pixelation, but it was also ghosting images from the previous scene into the next one. Um, and it was just creating creating these incredible, incredible, unique images. So. I took some photos of them um, and just kind of snapping as it went um, and really liked them. So printed up about 10, 10 of the photos that we took. And, and kind of my thinking on it is it's just, if I don't do that, and, and I, I look at those images and think they're really beautiful, really interesting. If I don't do that, then it's, it's only ever going to be in my front room on that recording on that one, one day. So and we don't do many of them. You're really sort of a, a pioneer of photographing television screens. <laughs> <laughs> I've, got, I've got a certain amount of history in the field, yeah. Um, you know, we mentioned Close Up Master Volume 2 earlier. Close Up Master Volume 1 having sold out, of course. Of course. Um, and if you're wondering what Close Up Master Chef is, it's Master Chef Close Up, isn't it? Yes. And it's just, is it just the uh, guy from Bermondsey, the bald guy? It's a bit of everyone. Yeah, or do you, do you do the contestants I, as well? A bit of everyone. The contestants yeah. are in it, the smears of food. Yeah, <laughs> animals, anything, pictures of, of animals, of, of, of relatives. I've not really seen much well, Master <laughs> When you get to the end of Master, they have to kill the uh, pig first. <laughs> is that the idea? They have to fight them and, and, and then cook them. Um, yeah, at the end, when it's like the final few people, they always do this episode where they go back and they meet. You know, yeah, yeah. Oh, and he lives here, and oh, he lives on a farm, and he's, yeah, and you know, his dad's dead, and this kind of thing. And then they'll have a photo. Of, of the relative or ever's, you know, what what their motivation is in in, in this process. Um, so you get and you get some crazy stuff in there. And if you get really close up, it looks great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and and so we've got we've got a few of those um, Mitchell collection as well, which we put out recently, which is uh, we got from a collection of photos we bought on Deptford Market um, of this guy on holiday in the eighties, um, who alongside his. <laughs> Like the idea he went to the eighties. <laughs> Where should we go? Eighties. <laughs> <Eight, eight. laughs> uh, yeah. Reflex in Croydon. Isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> no, that that I'd do that as well. I'd definitely get photos of that. Um, 
and, in among, and he went to Europe and he did kind of a tour of Europe and in amongst these photos of him um, by you know the classic uh, tourist type spots um, there's interspersed about photos of, of men in uniform whether they're policemen soldiers border firemen guards. border guards and you know they're in Liechtenstein they're in Italy they're in Switzerland and then there's a picture of a cow on a mountain and it was just <laughs> this incredible collection of, of photos that, that with no explanation you're just kind of going through them and it's like wow the, again it's if I don't share them in some way then and I, I think they're really interesting then I, see, I see all of these zines as a way of ensuring that Dave doesn't have some sort of falling down type yeah <laughs> meltdown they're an outlet I feel like yeah, <laughs> if, if we allow him to get this out of his system and it's onto, better for everyone it's better onto, for the world onto paper it is genuinely better for the world because <laughs> it's going to go wrong otherwise Mitchell collection's really great, though, isn't it? it I, I like, I'm a big like fan of all of you, these. You know, even <laughs> the way you've reproduced the photos in, you know, in black and white, the cover right as up well, to the, the you know, full the bleed. Oh, absolutely, love, we love we love a full page bleed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and it's just it's just yeah. I mean, we had, it, we had it for about a year and we was trying to think of something to do with it, whether we'd make an exhibition out of it in some way or. I just love the, right the idea project. that he's out there somewhere. Probably T.P. <laughs> Mitchell. Yeah, T.P. Mitchell. Who is who is that mysterious man? So yeah, how much is that? Uh, the zines are two pounds each. They can get that off the website as well. Yeah, just yeah. add it all to your basket. <laughs> <laughs> just go in, and, and that, that works the postage out a lot better as well. Um, so yeah, and, and so we've got those those going on as well. Um, and we've just ish, we've just started a new series uh, called Fronts, which which Michael is editing. Yeah, yeah. good work, Michael. Sorry. Tell us about Fronts, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> Marking. <laughs> He's always mocking our books and they go, uh, open any explanation of what you're doing with a giggle. Yeah. <laughs> a boyish thing. <laughs> so seriously. Tell us about Fronts. I um, thought you were saying France on Thursday. France. I was like, that's quite an abstract wow. name for uh, I was like, it's an art. It's an I get art reads, I get reads, but France, France. that's good. I like it. Yeah. Yeah, France. Is it always a French artist? <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> Why would it be? <laughs> I should have called it France. <laughs> Much better. France. <clears throat> yeah, France is. Well, we wanted to split. I think we always wanted to do some sort of stuff that was not comics, it was a bit more just pure art. Fine art? Fine art. Well, yeah, contemporary. Yeah, yeah, contemporary art. <laughs> the art is fine. Fine <laughs> art. Um, and they put me in charge of that because they were too busy drawing their own silly little things, doing vanity projects. <laughs> um, and you, you tracked down a way to try and turn it around. I was like, you, know. you, you tracked down a guy who cuts uh, wood blocks and makes like quite marvellous prints out of them. Yeah, so I went to uh, an exhibition with, uh, actually it was Dave's girlfriend was showing some of her illustration stuff in an exhibition. Um, and I was blown away by this like one picture and I wanted to buy it, but I didn't have any money. So uh, I got the guy's name, and then when it came around to doing something about art, I thought I'll email him and see got if his he phone number do already. anything. I'm halfway there. So I dropped him a line. Who, who, who is this? Uh, hoping that he would be able artist. to speak English, and it turns out he can. And he was like, yeah, just use all my stuff, and we'll have a good time, kind of thing. <laughs> uh, so I printed that up, did a little interview with him online, and... That's and fun. the book itself is, is the it's the prints and the interviews. Well, and, the, and the artist's name is Roman Klonek. Good point. Yes, sales and marketing. <laughs> mention the people that are in Save your. Well, there, there's a lovely moment. I don't know if you, if you saw this on, on Facebook the other day, where my friend Bridget um, 
sent a link to her boyfriend David, who and it was uh, this, look at this guy's stuff, it's great, and it was just uh, a link about Roman Klonek. Oh really? Uh, yeah. Uh, so I just put a bit on the bottom going, yeah, there's this uh, book available. Uh, and I put a link to uh, yeah. Avery Hill Robinson. Do you um, want to be out, so <laughs> <laughs> You're hired. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, uh, you'll expect it. You know, you've had one oh, already from uh, the Bridget. Post, yes. so, oh, there you go. There you go. So, yeah. I didn't know that. That's wow. Like, wow. That's, That's how, how it works. It, it, it's like, uh, it's the Bader Meinhof effect, isn't it? Like, uh, you know, a, a month before, if Bridget sends out things about Roman Klonek, I'm like, Mm-hmm. But where I'd spend like Stop spamming my days. timeline <laughs> <laughs> Block <laughs> Yeah block <laughs> But instead Because I um, had been Sort of reading about Avril Publishing It was like fresh in my mind I was like oh this guy Yeah I know who this guy is So uh, It's yeah. great it's, And he's incredible I mean, Yeah he is amazing He's, he's Polish he, uh, Polish born Based in Dusseldorf Isn't he at the moment Yeah um, And we found some videos online of, uh, of how we. I was watching one today. Actually, it's the latest post on your website, isn't it? Yeah, yes. yeah. We, we put yeah. a couple on on his on process, the, and lucky it had subtitles. When he started talking, I was like, "Oh, for crying!" Yeah. Out. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be hard. I think the interesting thing as well is when you say woodblocks, when you hear woodblocks, you just imagine black and white, don't you? And you imagine very yeah. and like it's so far apart from. It. Obviously, we'll have links. Uh, yeah, send people to it, the it, show. He's incredible. I mean, yeah. he's. Um, the amount of time it takes for him to, to prepare the, the wood the wood cut itself. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and he, worked, he gets through a phenomenal phenomenal amount. Um, yeah, in fact, his latest stuff work. that he's done this year, which I was too late to do because I was... Well, anyway. Um, it's even better than all of his other stuff. You should go on his website. I don't know what it is called. Google a minute, yeah. Oh, right, yeah. yeah. Um, but, yeah, his latest stuff is amazing as well. Yeah, just I'm a bit annoyed I was too late to put it in there. Yeah, but, but well, volume five you can revisit. Yeah, we'll go back. And and Mike also does an interview with the artist as well. So, um, which which was which forms the back half of the of, of the of the book. So the front half is, is full color plates of of, uh, the, of the artist's work, and, and then there's an interview as well. Um, so yeah, we how much? That That's three fifty as well. It's ridiculous. Low balling yourselves, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, we might. It's not about uh, the prices making up. millions of pounds no, at this stage, is it? This no, later no. on, it will be. Yeah, when we become yeah, um, publishing. It's moguls. just a tax dodge for us, anyway. We, yeah. we have to we have to lose money on it. We've so. got to work out how to do that, but we think it, <laughs> we, we think it is. We think it is. Yeah, so so that's our latest one, so, and, and that's we, we, we're going to develop that into into an ongoing series as well. What colour will volume two be? Do you know yet? Depends on the artist, doesn't it? Oh. I might do. I might make it. I might go for a conceptual artist. Right. <laughs> I don't know how I'm going to make that work. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll you got some time. You got some time. I might just have the idea. Of, the, the, the idea of issue two and then go on to issue yeah. three. <laughs> That'll be uh, two pound fifty. <laughs> 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 no idea. Uh, here's an idea of uh, two pound fifty. <laughs> that's how that will work. Yeah, and so then that's coming out beautifully as well. So we're really pleased with that. It's great, you've got a, a wonderful range to the uh, things you've got on the, the shop, and it is just sort of... Yeah, and that, and that starts to come over time now. Yeah. Um, we, we, we've, I mean, we, we try and space our projects out, so we've got a regular flow of them, but sometimes you know, it all depends on how quickly people work and, and when it comes in. So we've just had a big glut of things over the last few months or so. Yeah, it's been busy last week. Yeah, it's been busy, yeah. Have you done any superhero stuff? Don't know. I know. Small press, there isn't a lot of superhero stuff just because there's so much good superhero stuff done by 
proper people who spend all day doing superhero stuff that it almost seems not worth it. There are things out there, aren't there? Yeah. There's, there's a few, but... The I f- think there's also an, there's an anti-superhero uh, feeling. Supervillain feeling. Yeah. <laughs> amongst a lot of small presses, which always annoys me because... Uh, we love it. There, yeah, exactly. There's always this idea that, you know, no one's not buying your diary comic because... Of Batman. Getting the Punisher yeah. instead. <laughs> that's not you, you. You can't imagine that's the reason. Well, I, I think part of it is. I, I, I say this quite a lot, but a lot of the people. It, it surprised me because we came from outside the small press um, kind of industry. We didn't really know anything about it, and whereas we'd read mainstream comics when we were growing up, and so you come into it thinking, "Oh, I can just talk to all these people about comics." And then most of these people don't haven't got that comics background. They kind of find comics through illustration, yeah, because um, most of them are illustrators who then decide they're going to do a comic. So they don't really know much about mainstream comics, so they haven't read superheroes and stuff. And most of the stuff they read is going to be other small press stuff or it'd be really kind of specialist um, British new hardbacks that have come out from one of the kind of big publishers or something. So I, I think that's part of it. They don't really have the superhero background. But There's a lot of anger on it. Really, it really bothers it me really because there is yeah. this sort of this negativity about it. And mm-hmm. it's this idea that all superhero comics are inherently bad yep. and lacking in quality and not worthwhile. And uh, you just want to shake them and go, that's what people think about <laughs> comics. That's the problem. If you, yeah. you, you, you saying all of this is one thing is exactly the same as all the people going, yeah, but all of this is one thing. It's not. There's good and bad in everything. It's yeah. a genre. With great that. power comes great responsibility. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And we post and go, get that. Whether it's because, we, as we say, we read comics as kids and, and we've come through the mainstream um, and, and still you know I still do read a lot a lot of Marvel and, and DC comics image you know get those every week um, where it's easier to come to small press and, and kind of the more personal stories and, and so on after that or whether I don't know if it's easier if you've not read those superhero comics through your childhood and you haven't got the, the connection to the characters and the stories and so on to jump on now, I think there are. I mean, there's some great stories out but there. But what's nice is, uh, you as a small press uh, publisher, I, you know, I have a similar concern with small press where I, there was, a, a, for a long time, there was so much stuff that was just diary comics, mm-hmm. which can be great, but some of them is like, there's no need for this to exist. You know, uh, blankets, what a fascinating uh, period in that young man's life. Mouse, what an incredible story yeah. to tell. You and your mates, and there's so many of them. You sort of go. He's <laughs> always one of them you're talking to. Right? <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you know, you read these small press comics, and it's basically just, uh, you know, my mates. Yeah, they say some hilarious stuff, and I better write this down so everyone can. And you're like, okay, this isn't good, though, is it? It's not, you the, know. The reason for that is so that these people aren't writers; they're, they're artists, yeah. and they don't. So they can make they the can't leap of going to find. Yeah, they don't make the leap of going to find a writer. They're just writing comics. Things they're making happens. comics, and then that's the writing's almost secondary to. The illustration I find with most small press stuff, I find that. And that's come out slightly different. I'm, I'm, it's good they're making it. I, I think it's great that they're making their comic. Um, I don't. It's, <laughs> I, I know you don't. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, you know, get the comic it's out, funny, right? you've managed no, sorry, to work with. Sorry, you've managed to work, uh, you've managed to put out three uh, creators that are artists, right? Yes. Yeah. That both like. Do both things extraordinarily well. I mean, they're basically a small sample of work, you know, yeah, to see yeah. how they get on over, you know, the course of decades yeah. and years. But or again, none of them feel the need to sort of go, went to the shops with my mate, said something about lollies. It was hilarious. We all you know, they up, just, yeah. Although, you know, went to a festival, 
wandered off, saw a guy on drugs, came back, <laughs> got in a tent. It was all right. <laughs> but that, that is one of the things with jazz as well, because I read one of the kind of um, uh, small zines that she had done, and the first thing that got me was it was weird. The story was weird, but it was funny, and it was very clever, and it had a proper payoff even though it was a really short zine comic. It was really well drawn, but that was almost secondary to the fact that, it oh works, yeah, she can actually peaks. write. Yeah, yeah. Her, yeah, her brain is quite interesting in that sense. As uh, well. uh, Tim's incredible. Yeah, Tim as well is very poetic, and Owen's just funny. Um, like, that's what he's doing with the Megatherian one, yeah. Club. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. Was, it was just funny, so... And, and like we said, we've had, we had to have so little editorial input into that. It just comes fully formed. Yeah. Art, writing, it's, you know... Nothing but the thing is, as a list, those three creators, it's, they're very sort of complementary and doing different things, but doing it all so well. It's a, it's, as I say, it's a great sort of little group of people. Yeah, absolutely, together. absolutely. And they all live in South London. So, yeah. so you know, I'm not... It's thank Luckily, so do you guys. <laughs> you know, what you are bringing <laughs> to the table, the design is always wonderful. Like, it's... You do great work, like... Oh, thank you. <laughs> like that, I was saying about on front, so I picked up, I was like, this back, this typography, on this back cover, and it's like, Dave did that. Yeah, <laughs> Mitchell collection, we, we cover the Mitchell collection. Yeah, it's just gorgeous. Tremendous. Yeah, we, we, we it's not it's just that people are going, this is a load of found photos, I ain't buying that. Turn <laughs> <laughs> that podcast off, Dave. <laughs> no, it's really good, we've put them together really nicely. <laughs> long and hard about it. Sing us a song instead. <laughs> give us the comics <laughs> <laughs> thanks for listening averyhillpublishing.com to get all those uh, comics if you want to not pay postage you can get from Gosh and uh, or some of them anyway and from Orbit All and somewhere in Deptford he said uh, no no it's shut down it used to be in Eutrophia um, um, which unfortunately shut down on Deptford High School it wasn't that full and it wasn't that full we <laughs> no, no, no. uh, we've got a few shows coming up as well we're at the MCM Expo in October we're in Bristol uh, in October as well, and we've got a lot of f- listeners in Bristol. I reckon. I reckon. Yeah. The West Country, and we're at Fort Bubble in November. Nice. Why so, not? No, Michael. Michael's turned down the trip of Leeds. <laughs> so yeah, come, come and say hello. Did you see from Somerset? Uh, oh, there you go. Yeah. So exactly. I don't think they Festival. It's Glastonbury, isn't it? Yeah. I don't know. Do you know which festival? Did you know? Um, I don't think I've ever been to Glastonbury. It's not specific. Um, it's not that big. I, I think it'll be like that. She's from Somerset. Come on, Michael. Fill in the gaps. Yeah, I think it's, it's just a made-up. It? It well. It's made-up. Yeah, it's a made-up festival. Yeah, I think it is as well. Yeah. There's nothing sort of... No, there's no signs or anything. There's someone... That's the point. It's a universal idea, isn't it? It's Glastonbury, isn't it?